We have our intro and I hope everybody liked it because it flippin' took me forever to figure it out because the issue was why I didn't want to put this on earlier was because I couldn't figure out how to like lower the volume of the lion and then when we talk it's like in a much lower volume and then like the lion just roars like in your ear and it's just very loud so i think i've figured it out so i hope people like it please let me know if it's too loud or not i'm impressed i think it's impressive you think it's cool i think it's good you think it's a good intro i think it's a very good okay. intro i hope the listeners also like it so please let me know if you like the intro uh, anyway welcome to wallace kruger stories i'm carolina and i'm craig and we do want to apologize because we might be sounding a bit sick and that is because we have been sick for the past like week so yeah if if we sound a little bit different that's why we apologize for that yeah we've been recovering for weeks actually it's <laughs> yeah. actually horrible um, it, it's it's like <laughs> you're at this point where you're just so tired of being sick and you just want it to be over with you know, the first few days, I can kind of enjoy being sick because I'm like, oh, now I have an excuse to just lie in bed the whole day and it's kind of nice. But then now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, can I just get this over with? I want to yeah. be able to like actually walk upstairs without getting tired and like, yeah. Anyway, so that's why we might be sounding a little bit sick. <laughs> but okay, we want to start the, po- the episode with a scenario. Should I start? You can start. You can start. Okay. Craig is not very enthusiastic this morning. Not, not, not today. No. I'm a bit ill, but I'll get there. I'll get there. We haven't recorded a podcast in a while. I, my motivation will, will kick in. Okay, okay. So the scenario that I have for you today is, would you rather send people or rec- recommend people to go for 10 days in Kruger, like the self-drive area, the yeah. national park, 10 days in Kruger, or spend like two nights or let's say three nights at a luxury lodge like because that's about the same price that you you'll get more nights in kruger depending on which lodge you go to but, yeah but yeah no i see what you're saying i see what you're saying in, it, like so the a luxury lodge in the private reserves like what's the best like safari experience 10 10 days kruger or or three days at a lodge i gotta back the three days at a lodge um i think it's they're both two different experiences but i think the the three days at a lodge you you're you're getting a safari lodge experience with regards to food um the lodge itself those lodges are usually beautiful uh a professional guide tracker nine times out of ten is if you're in the in the kruger region um, and I think it's um, yeah. I would say the three lo- the the three day lodge stay just wins hands down due to the fact that there's so many little experiences in your whole experience that make up for everything. I mean, you there's there's also these personal connections that you make depending on the lodge you'd know. Um, you know, I I have guests that that were clients of mine 10 years ago that I'm still in contact with. You make those small connections, which I don't think you actually make on a 10 day trip in Kruger. If you're with your family, you're always in your own car. You're never with, you're not really mixing with other people. 
Um, not that I'm taking anything away from the 10-day Kruger experience. Uh, I just, my personal views would be, do do the Safari Lodge thing. Uh, those lodges go above and beyond for you as a client and the money's well worth it. Yeah, and as you say, you get to know the staff. Mm, uh, depending yeah. on like... Especially a three-day stay. Yeah. Um, like you say, there's so many guests that we have had that actually has become friends to us and that we have contact with to this day and that like are repeat clients almost. Like you yeah. know, they want to come back and they want to see us because we got to know them it, when they came to stay at the lodge we were Yeah, it gets to a point where people are almost like, oh, it doesn't matter where we are. I just want to be with Craig and Carolina. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it gets to that kind of point. Yeah, which is really, really cool. Yeah. I think I do need to say though, like I, I wanted to ask you as well from a, like a game viewing point of view, what would you say? Well, the the I suppose from a game viewing point of view, I think time is everything. Yeah. Um, and I think over ten days in Kruger National Park, even though you can't off road, like you have the luxuries at the lodges where you can off road to a certain extent. Um, you you can get out and track animals, or your guide and your tracker can get out and track animals. I think in Kruger you don't have those luxuries where no. you're you're subject to the roads, and I think. Yeah, it, it 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 is there is that the beauty in that from the lodging point of view, but it time like I said, time is everything. And ten days in Kruger, you're gonna get lucky at some point, and you're gonna have some pretty phenomenal sightings because yeah. that's a lot of hours driving around the park. Yeah, ten days in Kruger, you're gonna see. A you're lot. gonna see stuff. You're gonna see stuff. Well, three days at a lodge, like I would personally say, like tell me if you agree or not, but I would personally say three days at a lodge you you have a very good chance of seeing a lot and and you probably have like more quality sightings because you'll like you'll be able to get closer because you can off-road and you you have a tracker and a ranger and those kind of things but at the same time three days in any reserve if you strike unlucky you can you can exactly like you can't see how do you say it like you can strike you can be unlucky and not see anything yeah well i mean if you think about it like this you know, you've got you've got X amount of driving area. Say, for instance, it's 10, 15,000 hectares, whatever the case may be. Um, and you at this private lodge, but the, the resident pride of lions has killed a buffalo or a giraffe outside of your driving area. Yeah. You're probably not going to see lions if you only have one resident pride. And, and some lodges only do have one resident pride. We've worked at a property where there was only one resident pride. It yeah. was a massive pride. I mean, they were like 30 strong. So when they were around, it was amazing. But you can imagine the territory that those animals cover and how much they need to protect. So And if they kill a giraffe, like, they're going to be there for like three days. Exactly. Well, I suppose the, the pride of 30 is a bit of a bad yeah, result because they're going to finish it in the night. But yeah um a standard pride of lions like a standard size of six seven they kill it they kill a giraffe they're going to be there three four days Mm. and uh, if you so happen to be booked at the lodge is when that specific pride of lions has killed a giraffe on a on a property that you do not traverse or the lodge you're staying at doesn't traverse you have a bit of a problem with regards to lions wild dogs is is more of a common occurrence where you kind of you you never really know where they're going to be so comparing the 10 day 10 days in Kruger especially if you're wanting to go see something like wild dogs yeah you know you have a higher chance because you you can drive all the roads in Kruger where a luxury lodge where they only have x amount of driving space the chances of the dogs coming through are there um but 
probably you might you might miss them three days is a little bit too short yeah yeah that's it's very interesting but uh, i think that just shows how there's beauties with both of it yeah exactly and the cool thing with why i said 10 days in kruger is because it's so much cheaper to stay in the park yeah like the accommodation then you have to pay for driving like fuel and all that kind of stuff and food and all of that so that obviously adds on but yeah i mean some some lodges for three days if there's say for instance you're there's four of you you could probably go to Kruger for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially, if, exactly, as you say, especially if you have four people, because then you only have to pay for one car and yeah, exactly. fuel for one car, which then splits on the four people and, and kind of the cost per person is less. But uh, that's the cool thing with Kruger, that you can you can do longer trips, especially if you like camping and stuff, like then you can yeah. stay for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> So let's move into what we were going to talk about this episode. We actually are going to talk more about lodges again uh, because we think there's a lot of people that are very interested in how a lodge works yeah. and uh, it's not like a normal hotel, you know, it's it's quite it's quite different. So we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the life at a lodge. Yeah, lodge life. I think that's, it's something that a lot of people, like you just mentioned, a lot of people have been asking about us uh, or asking us about and um yeah we we have been saying on the podcast we're going to talk about it and today's the day <laughs> yes today's the day yeah so i think we wanted to like just dive into it uh, and start by like explaining the different departments at a lodge and like different positions that you can yeah um, like work as at a lodge yeah i think i think what people are kind of after is or kind of what i've caught is what how different is it to a hotel? And from a positioning point of view, 90% of the positions are not that different to a hotel. No. You know, you've got, you've, you've got maintenance, um, housekeeping, waitresses, butlers. Um, it's just the, 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 the staff that are very subject to the Safari Lodge field. Um, and you might find the roles are a little bit different, but we'll talk about that as we, yeah. as we go on. But like, I'll talk about I'm, I'll I'll talk about a little bit of the positions that I've handled, yeah. Um, in the uh, in the lodge field, and then Carolina can talk a little bit about the 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 field she's been in. <laughs> the positions I've handled. Yeah, I know the positions <laughs> you've handled. So, so you mentioned a few there. There you mentioned there's maintenance. You've got gardeners. Sometimes those go hand in hand depending on how big the lodge yeah. is. Yeah. And then you've got you mentioned housekeepers. Um, we said yeah waitresses and butlers yeah uh, should we explain the difference between a waitress and a butler in a lodge setting so yeah some some lodges call their wait waiters and waitresses uh, butlers but they're not actually butlers so like if you look at what a butler is a butler is someone that like handles your every need at a lodge that's the way i understand butler yeah. is a butler is someone that like oh here's a hot towel for you to clean your hands. I've noticed you've just climbed out the bath. Um, here's <laughs> your towel. Dry yourself. You know, someone that runs. Okay, you, you pick it. you pick up the phone and be like, I would like some tea. Your butler runs over with a little tray. You know that 
that to me that's a butler but i think that I the think, white gloves and yes. you know dance around your your client and everything like that yeah i see i see what what you're saying and i think i think you're on the right track but that I, is what a butler is yes but in a lodge setting like what does it mean in a lodge setting oh it's some lodges that i've worked at lodges where that is what a butler okay. is okay okay so it's some dance lodges. for me monkey dance for me <laughs> Okay, at some lodges, that's what happens. Uh, at most lodges, what I would say is the big difference between a butler and a, and a waitress is that you have a personal butler that is taking care of you at every meal. And like your yeah. like your table is always their table. While at other lodges, when you have a waitress, it's more like, okay, this or, or waiter, this uh, waiter and waitress is responsible for like, these three tables this shift so like you might have a different you might have a different waitress for dinner than lunch uh while a butler is more like is there for every meal and is personally responsible for your table that's that's i think that's in in more normal lodge setting but yeah as you say there is there's also fancy lodges like the fancy lodges but then you also have like a private chef and stuff yeah those usually go hand in hand but I, I yeah I've worked at places where it's yeah it's yeah I'll I'll never be a butler ever. Those, <laughs> shame. shame those poor guys go through hell and back yeah um but anyway yeah so that's just like how butlers and waitressing can be different yeah uh but yeah we've had that we but we've worked at a property where our waiters so to speak waitresses and wait waiters were bl- classified as butlers am I right yeah and yeah. that's that was because they were responsible for a specific set of guests. Yeah. So during their whole stay, just like you had a mm. allocated ranger and you had an allocated yeah. tracker, you also had an allocated butler. Uh, and they were responsible for those guests for every meal. Uh, so those butlers were, they worked, also, they worked really hard because they were there for breakfast, lunch and dinners. And then uh, they took shifts on like who was closing up and those kind yeah. of things. While at other lodges we've worked at where there's been waiters and waitresses, they've taken shifts and it's like, okay, you've got the morning shift and mm. you've got an afternoon shift kind of thing. It all depends on like the size of the lodge, you know, yeah. like how big the lodges can, can do, does the lodge have enough staff yeah. in order to fill those positions? Because it is quite, it's a really cool feeling for, I, I always liked the the system because when, when a guest arrived, you... Uh, sometimes they would meet. You'd meet the tracker. You'd meet the guide. You'd meet your butler as well, or yeah. wa- waiter. And that those were the people. And then you also allocated a front of house. Yeah. Who would generally? So there was four people, and those four people were your people as a guest. Yeah. That you were gonna be in those four people's. If you needed something with regards to any field, you could find one of those four people, and they would they would help you. Not that. If you went to other people, they they wouldn't help you. But <laughs> those were your four your your four people that you were going to be with for the duration of your safari. It's a really stay. cool touch. I think. I think yeah, yeah, I think it's. it's but as you say, personal. it depends on it depends on the size of the lodge, the exactly. staff unit, and it it also comes down to to the price of lodges as well. Yeah, yeah, that does come down to it. Anyway, let's move on. Then you mentioned uh, front of house. Front of house, yeah that 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 is a that's a unique position with regards to hospitality. I think you're not really. You're not really a receptionist. No, because I'm trying to think, like at most hotels, like standard hotels, city hotels, whatever the case may be, um, like 
you don't have a front of house. Front of house, like in those big hotels. You I would, have a front I would of say, house? I would say, like you, it, it's it could be the same ish as a host. Yeah. Like you have a host or a hostess. I don't think hosts do what front of house do. No, like front of house is kind of like a position where it's like we need someone where we can actually just tell them to do anything. <laughs> And we need to put a label on it because, like, front with regards to office and admin and guest relations, that's what friends of ours do. Yeah. They don't get enough credit for what they actually do. Yeah. Um, with regards to that, because they kind of do everything they can in an office. Yeah. So that's basically. I think we have spoke mentioned it before because I worked as a front of house and we explained what that was. But but to just cover it again, uh, it is basically as Craig says. It's like a it's like a mix between a receptionist because you do a, quite a lot of work in in the office and like admin and yeah. and sorting that kind of stuff out. So you like mix between a receptionist and you also often are responsible for like the curio shop and selling things from from the curio shop and handling all of that. And then you also handle check-ins, uh, welcoming yeah. guests and uh, guest relations. And then you also host meals, which is basically making sure that those meals run smoothly and that all the guests are happy and that they like, you know, also helping, you know, just giving a helping hand wherever you can, like helping, helping the butlers run out with, with the food from the kitchen and all that kind of stuff, like wherever. It's kind of like a, it, it it's an everything. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, no one's checking the guests, front of house. Yeah. Oh, no one, no one to help with dinner service. Find a front of house. You know? Yeah. It, it is. It's. It's not right, in my opinion. Um, I think it's. I think it's fine. Like the the. I think the. Yeah, what do you call it? The job description and like those kind of things. Hundred yeah. percent fine. I think unfortunately the credit that front of house gets is yeah, is, that's... is not enough. It's often a front of house is often seen as like. Oh, it's an easy job and job, and also very often seen as like, oh, that's a woman's job, and yeah, you know, and it's like it's easy, anyone can do it. You don't need any training, like it's just you can just jump into it. Which is yes, you don't need to go to university for it, but it is it can be very difficult to be a good front of house, and you need to be able to handle a lot of different kind of things and a lot of different balls in the air, like. It, it's not something that's just easy to jump into and I think people don't get in, give it enough credit in that way. Yeah. But yeah, so move on to, we mentioned uh, chefs. Yeah, chefs. And that's... kitchen stuff. You've got scullery uh, mm. as well. There's a lot of positions within the kitchen, kitchen itself. Yeah. I mean, you've got multiple different titles of chef depending on the size of the lodge. Like if you have a, if you have a smaller lodge with um, that, that kind of just sleeps 10 or 12 people yeah and you probably have two or three chefs that mix and match and do everything yeah They're not really um kind of just focused on one specific what can we call it cuisine field field, yeah. field in the kitchen that's the one i'm looking for uh but the bigger lodges you'll have a pastry chef yeah you'll have a head chef you will have a a sous chef yeah. Um. And then you will obviously have your your scullery and yeah. um and all sorts of the 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 kitchen positions that fill around it. A cook maybe that yeah. that's kind of just running around the kitchen. Somebody. And a lot of the bigger kitchens also have students as well mm. that are training to to become chefs. Uh, it's cheap labor. So yeah. 
It's too we good. shouldn't we, we shouldn't say that, but it is. It's, it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. No, and chefs do make a huge difference to a lodge. I think the food experience at a lodge can can make and break. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A stay. Absolutely. Like it's, it's really that is really something that people either praise or hate. I remember. I remember we. I had a. Uh, obviously, I didn't make the comment because it was our manager that made the comment, and but it really upset me. Um, the the chefs were giving us quite a lot of trouble um, at this specific lodge and um we we were we were having multiple meetings all of us um about their like attitude and their behavior and um we were like well what do we do and, and our manager at the time kind of like like it was like I, I, they must go if they're not gonna if they're not gonna sort their sort their stuff out they must go i'll cook the food and i kind of just thought i was like you know what that is you don't make comments like that um because you are not up to standard and it just shows that your mindset is that this property the food doesn't really matter because yeah. i'll just i'll just i'll just get behind the kitchen and i'll cook yeah um like you're this glorified whatever you are yeah um we need to respect every single position uh for what it is and food is very 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 important at a lodge absolutely <laughs> i do actually want to get back to that later to what you were saying now yeah because uh, i do want to talk about but that will be the next thing i just want to cover all the positions first but Perfect. i do want to talk about the relationships between the different departments yeah, just yeah, now. yeah yeah we must but we've got the next ones is trackers and rangers yeah that's actually quite an interesting talking point um when we talk about the relationships between them i mean tracking and guiding is um, I was a guide for, well, I still am, um, not just don't have a permanent role at a lodge uh, at the moment, or because I have my own company. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm unemployed. Um, we're fun employed. Yeah, we're fun employed. Uh, but the, that is, and I also want to talk about the importance of those those roles, is tracking and guiding. And yeah. The tracker is generally the, the man that sits on the front, it's going to sound weird, to you that don't know what a tracker is, he sits on the bonnet. There's a yeah. chair on the bonnet of the car, and the guy drives the vehicle, and the tracker sits and on the front of the car. It does sound horrible. It sounds just, horrible when you're I'm just, playing. I'm right? just imagining like never have seen a game viewer before yeah. and trying to like picture someone sitting on the front of the car, like like they're gonna fall off and you're gonna drive over them. Like so, it sounds so horrible. Like they have this comfy seat. Don't get me wrong. They've got this like comf comfy seat on the front of the car. It's but the coolest seat on the whole car. It is. Yeah. It is. the The whole thing is why they sit up there. Is I always explain this to guests before we actually start moving out is to why the tracker sits up there and it's it's so he can see tracks on the road before we we drive over them it's a lot easier for him to see the tracks on the front of the car than if he's sitting next to me and then he'll kind of stop me say hey listen this is these, these and these tracks are going this way and then we'll get all out the car together we'll assess the freshness and then we'll potentially follow up on that animal isn't it also in general like it's quite an elevated seat so it's also easier to like spot animals and stuff and you not you actually have... oh is it it's... not actually the 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 back seat of the vehicle is more elevated okay. if you think about a car, car yeah sure so. i'm just thinking i'm just thinking that like the tracker doesn't have anything 
in front of him. So No, there's definitely no obstructions. Exactly, that's yeah. what it's called. There's no obstructions. So it's easier it's also easier for him to spot animals than it is for you driving. Because one, you're busy driving and you're also sitting down yeah. in the car. Yeah. So like you've got a bit of an elevation point, so you you have like a more you what do you call it? Like yeah, further view it and is. so on. And it no is. obstructions. Well yeah. the the thing that that's why I'm a big fan of trackers is and I think more reserves should adopt them even if they don't do off-roading and they can't track into blocks it's uh it's a form of job creation um it's it's a skill and um even if you can't off-road in a reserve it's an extra set of professional eyes and ears is always better than just one um and like at, at Kapama, they don't off-road, but... But they still got them, and they call the assistant guides. Exactly. Which yeah. I like. I like that. But we'll talk a little bit about that, maybe at a later stage or yeah. on a different podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I like that adoption that they're not trackers anymore. They're assistant guides because they assist each other. The way you guys work as a guide and a tracker is vitally important. Um, and yeah, I think I think there should be more reserves that adopt the the idea of the the tracking system where you have a guide because a guide doesn't have he's overwhelmed with work while he's doing that he's got to deal with guests and if you've got first time safari goes they are going non-stop they have got just questions left right and center (laughs) then you've got to talk on the radio because you've got to talk to your colleagues to find out where everyone is uh, if there's a high profile sighting that you're looking at, at at heading to um, and then if it's a, uh, if it's when that little golden ball we call the sun has gone down, you've got to all of a sudden use a spotlight as well. Now you've got to juggle <laughs> driving, talking on the radio, shining the spotlight, looking for animals, and talking to your first time safari go at the back. It takes... It, it, while it, navigating through the reserve. Yeah, while navigating through the reserve. So it does make your life a hell of a lot easier when you do have a tracker because you split the workload. Um, and, uh, as a guide, it's fun. Like for me, I loved working with uh, most of my trackers. I'm still friends with to this day. And there's a special relationship. I used to have a tracker, um, named Moses. He's actually now a head tracker. Um, I'm going to try to get him on the podcast at some stage. Um, but he's, he's become a very, very good friend of mine, uh, over the years. We worked together for about two years and, we always used to tell our guests that we were, we were, we were married. Yeah. Um, he was my, he was, he was my bushwife, um, or my bush husband, uh, because uh, he was such he, a sweetheart. We I mean, used he is. to he spend, is. we used to spend more, more time with each other than we did with our partners. So I used to spend yeah. more time with Moses than I did with Carolina, and he used to spend more time with me than he did with his wife. Uh, so it was we had this this connection and you do with all these all the trackers you work with yeah uh because and the 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 closer you are as people um the more effective you are at your jobs because you you start to understand every single movement i remember i used to be able to drop moses off if he was tracking a specific animal um he would walk through the bush on the tracks and i almost knew where he was without having to talk to him on his he would have a radio he'd tell him talking to me and i used to be able to tell exactly where he was going to come out of this block without even having talked to him because he had wa- I've, I'd watched him walk in that block so many times mm. and for me that was just pretty amazing yeah 
Well, you're definitely very passionate about the guiding and tracking, tracking relationship is, in, is in that team. Very um, but I think last one on my list, of, please tell me if you remember anything that I'm missing now, um, is management. We didn't you, talk about housekeeping. I mentioned housekeeping, oh, okay. yeah. Also a very important role. Oh, 100%. You can't have a lodge without housekeeping. You can't housekeeping. have a lodge without housekeeping. Yeah, also a role that doesn't get enough credit. Absolutely. Yeah, and that can make and break a, a place, definitely. Um, now, management. So you've got, usually you've got a, like, what do you call it, lodge manager, or it's it's called yeah. different things at different places, but you've got camp manager, lodge manager, or something like that. And then you've got usually an assistant manager because yeah. you obviously have, because you work the the six week cycles uh, at most places, mm. and we'll get into that now as well. But then when the manager goes on leave, you obviously need someone to take over. So yeah. that's usually why you have an assistant manager. And I don't know what else to say about management. I think most people know what management is. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, any it's not management is not subject to the lodge industry. No, I mean, exactly. it's uh, it it's all over in every single industry. Um, but yeah, you've got different forms of management, like you just mentioned, you know, assistant management, management, then operations management, who are the bosses over the, the whole board. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are pretty much just a breakdown of all the, all the positions. Yeah. Okay. So I do want to talk about the relationship between these departments and I, I know we've had this discussion many times and, mm. uh, and and I, I don't know, I think you, we agree with each other mostly, but like Craig was just talking about the tracker and ranger relationship and how important that is. And I know yeah. you're very passionate about it. And obviously I'm quite passionate about front of house and the credit that I think they should have. Uh, but I think something that can be interesting for people to know is from my perspective as a front of house, there's two positions at a lodge two departments that often feel that they are the God's gift to the lodge. Yeah, they're more superior. They're more superior because they feel that no one else can do their job because they have often gone through extensive training for that job, which is 100%. uh, Like, I agree with that. Nobody else can do their job the way they do it and so on. But that is chefs and rangers. Yeah, and I would agree. Uh, and I, I don't say, like why why I want to bring this up is because it is something I've heard quite passionately for. Um, I feel that they get put on a pedestal sometimes. They sometimes put themselves on a pedestal. And something rangers often say is that, you know, why do people come to the lodge? Yeah, because they want to see animals and they want to go on safari. So that is the most important thing at the lodge. And that it's not untrue that that is why people come to the lodge. But I think what's important to remember is how important all the other positions are at the lodge how like how it can completely ruin someone's stay if their room is messy and not cleaned properly and how it can completely ruin someone's stay if the food is horrible it's you know just because they see a leopard on game drive and you've been an incredible ranger you know that doesn't mean that when they come back to the lodge the lodge can just be completely shit you know what I mean yeah Uh, so I think that is very that's something I feel is so important and the same thing with with chefs we were just talking about how at the one property we had a bit of a arrogance issue with one of the one of the chefs or a few of the chefs actually and 
and, and our manager at the time was like, no, we'll just, they must just go, we must just cook. And that is exactly like Craig says, that's not, that's, that's not, not right. That's not how you fix the problem. That's not how you fix the problem. But at the same time, like you need to respect them for the skill that they have of cooking the food that they do and the way they yeah. do it. But at the same time, they also need to respect us and respect everybody else at the lodge and not put themselves on a pedestal feeling like they are the most important thing at the lodge and that they can just boss everybody around and not be respectful towards management because we can't do their job and that's i feel like that is so key with anything at at a lodge and in any position like you know but just because you're the manager doesn't mean that you are you can just look down on and say that like housekeeping is not important or whatever because oh you're the manager so you're the big boss or whatever you have to respect every single position at the lodge yeah and that's something most people forget and that can create a lot of animosity between departments sometimes yeah i think a lot of departments with regards to like the departments you just mentioned so the the kitchen department so a lot of your your, your more high-ranking chefs yeah um, and guides especially your more qualified guides um, uh, they they tend to think that they can do whatever they want yeah you know so and uh, they tend to forget not not in every situation but a lot of the times when there are issues these are the issues is they uh, they tend to forget that a lodge is an is a well needs to be a well-oiled machine yeah you know, if you if you call, so so what happens is when we're coming back to the lodge from Game Drive, we call an ETA, uh, which is an estimated time of arrival, which is generally ten minutes. Yeah. Um, at some lodges, you know, they that's when they start to get the uh, the breakfast start gets set out and and everything kind of the cold buffet goes out after I've called that ETA. Now, in ten minutes, a lot can happen, but you know, if you if you bump into a leopard and now all of a sudden you're excited, this it's great. You've There's a leopard in the tree. It's got an impala kill. Fantastic. But it's your job to actually pick up the radio and go, okay, guys, um, stop what you're doing. Yeah. I've, I've found a leopard. Yeah. Um, but I've been in situations where that didn't, didn't happen. Not, not personally, but the, I know of guides that like, don't do it. Don't do it. Then all of a sudden your yogurts go off and stuff sits in the sun and it attracts flies, all these, these hard, what do, you, what do you mean, like canapes, you know? Like yeah, the, the, the as, hands. and as a front of house who was responsible to yeah. take these things out to make sure that it was getting ready or whatever, you stand there and you're like, you in between making a call of like, okay, you don't know if they're going to be here in 30 seconds or if you should, so like, so if you take everything inside now again, are you going to have to run back with it again in 30 in, seconds yeah, exactly. because they're arriving in any minute? Or is it worth taking it inside because they're going to be here in half an hour? Like you stand there and you don't know what's going on. And it's it's quite frustrating from everybody else at the lodge yeah. getting ready. And then if the guide just kind of like, oh, whatever, it's not a big big deal. It's it's very disrespectful to the, those people's hard work. What, what I think like guides need to understand is the fact is that you are a team yeah um and the lodge is a team and if you realize that 
you are you need to present this unified front and these things won't happen yeah um we've worked at lodges where it works incredibly well we've also worked at lodges where it doesn't yeah um and it affects the whole lodge it affects and guests everything. notice it uh, they do yeah they do um if if your team's not vibing guests pick up that the team is not vibing yeah and um when the keep the team is is good and having a good time guests pick that pick yeah. up on stuff like that absolutely i'd like it was at the one of the restaurants i worked at it, i know we're talking about lodges now but it was so so clear how the guests were like as soon as we come to this restaurant we just feel like the guests told us this they were like we feel like you guys are just having a great time working together and you like having so much fun and it feels like such a great vibe it makes us feel good because as soon as you walk into this place it's just a good energy a good vibe and i think it's the exact same thing at a lodge yeah Yeah. and that was things that we we got from comments we got from guests at one of the lodges we worked at that was it was an entry level five star uh, so you, you could almost call it a four star we actually wanted it to be a four star because five star comes with a yeah. lot of expectations and um, so it wasn't like a one it was a very it was a luxury lodge, lodge definitely but it wasn't one of those top top super luxury lodges yeah but most people actually told us that they preferred that to other top top super luxury lodges they've been to because the vibe with the staff it was so great well they it was because we were that was part of we were part of a collection at that time yeah um and i remember we had a more superior sister camp that was basically the same yeah and i remember like what there were the there was there were a lot of guests that used to come to the light to to that collection and they used to go to the more superior lodge and then I think it was every now and then there wouldn't be space there. So they would come to our lodge and they never ended up going back to the more superior lodge because they enjoyed the vibe more. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, But we were better. Like, let's be (laughs) honest. Like we had a, we had a, we had a phenomenal team. I think the uh, facilities at that other lodge was was more upgraded and yeah that was a big i don't know well yeah. where do you throw your money as a lodge owner you yeah. throw it at your um you don't you don't we were we were what what did they used to call us the cash cow because yeah. we used to we were the cheaper five-star option yeah so we used to be full like all the time all the time but um we we also had the better team yeah yeah, yeah. we did have the better team <laughs> just saying just putting okay. it out there okay okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay one other thing that really creates tension between the departments and that is a really sensitive thing but i think is quite important to talk about is tipping yeah wow you know i think uh, it's quite a sensitive it's a sensitive topic for everyone i think um you you, for like a lot of staff a lot of staff members number one but even guests as well. Yeah. Because um, I, you it's know, awkward talking about. Well, not really. You, you, it you find it awkward because you're from Europe. Yeah. And generally in Europe, um, tipping, tipping is not a thing. No. Um, but like Americans, they love, they love tipping. That's why we love Americans. They love throwing <laughs> money on people, uh, and that's great. Uh, and what people need to understand is before we go on. Yeah. Um, is that South Africa is a tipping country. Uh, I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you do. When you come to South Africa, tip people because that's what we do here. 
um but due going the back to, yeah do as the romans do you yeah. know and um but going back to what we we're what we we're talking about is it causes a bit of animosity between the different departments on how how tips should be split and yeah that's such a big thing and uh, yeah we've been through we've been through quite a lot of of tricky situations with tipping um on on a lot of different properties and and as you say how it should be split is always a big thing and and something that frustrated me a lot when we were in the lodge industry uh, and this is where this whole thing comes in again about how how rangers often feel that they are the sole reason that people are there enjoying their yeah. lodge stay um and I, and I, the thing is because what used what sometimes happened was that guests would leave a tip or whatever and you usually had a set way of splitting it and so on and what would happen often was that the ranger and tracker would get quite a big portion because they spend a lot of time with the guest and i don't disagree with that like they definitely deserve to get a bigger portion because they are hands-on with the guest they create a personal relationship and they really they spend like eight hours a day with this with this if guest out on, out on game drive which no other staff member does but what would frustrate me a lot would be when those rangers complained about how much they got and forgot that you have the rest of the lodge splitting the same amount that they got themselves yeah so like you would have the rest of the lodge splitting on let's say 50 percent of the of the tip while the ranger and the tracker got the other 50 percent and then and and like i don't disagree with the splitting that way because i do think the rangers and trackers deserve it like 100 percent. but don't come complaining to me about you not getting enough because you are already getting so much more than what everybody else is getting and that would really really frustrate me when when rangers would do so just just if anyone is wondering they're coming to south africa and going to safari lodge and how it's done and leaving one bulk tip is generally i wouldn't call it problematic let's not say that um but it can create but it animosity. creates animosity it creates difficulties and just do most lodges have a guideline those lodges that don't have guidelines are stupid um but just the the each lodge has a guideline where there's mainly three different envelopes depending on the lodge that you're going they'll they'll basically the lodge will guide you into the direction of tipping your guide your tracker and then there's a general staff tip and that that's for housekeepers gardeners maintenance that goes into the pool for for all the general staff the kitchen and then often you can go if you're leaving cash you go to the, the front office and ask for an envelope because maybe someone stood out to you yeah uh maybe it was your butler that you were like nah this this person has handled everything for me made everything perfect while i've been at the lodge i want to give them something yeah. then you can do that as well there's nothing against that it's very appreciated it, it is it is really appreciated i know that staff member is gonna like they gonna value that not just the money but that you stood out to them because yeah. that's that's happened to me as a front of house a few times and it's not the money that matters it's it's the the 
the thought that this guest thought that I made such a huge difference to their stay that they wanted to specifically thank me and the same thing when when it happened to to one of of the waitresses like I know that they were so incredibly thankful and grateful for that because they they really took that like to themselves and were like wow I did a good job I took care of this guest and I made a difference in their stay and it's a beautiful thing yeah um it is it, it i think you know it goes it goes a long way um but just just to finish off with tipping uh for those europeans that aren't very familiar with tipping yeah uh 50 rand is in south africa is not the same as 50 euros in um in europe you can't really get much done <laughs> with that so you know don't don't, don't just compare because the notes of the notes you know maybe just just read the economy i'm not telling you how to run your run your budgets but just you know um it, it sometimes um if that's all you can afford it's probably not true because you came to south africa but it it it's it sometimes you can be insulting someone by giving them that minimal amount because it's like if you're giving them like coins and stuff that yeah yeah that's a bit of an insult yeah. at the same time i do think it's also important to like to remember that tipping is not guaranteed because yeah. that's also something yeah. that happens at lodges that people take it for granted and and that's also wrong you know it 100%. is like it is a gift from a guest saying thank you for making my stay amazing and going above and beyond and and it's nothing we should take for granted then i think what is important to remember from a guest point of view is that like as you say like the rand to the euro is yeah. a huge difference to like 50 50 euro in south africa is a lot of money yeah. especially for some of these staff members who like the salaries at the lodges are not high no that are great especially not in european standards no like they are not even minimal wage in europe yeah so it's i think that is very important to remember as well and uh just i think from both sides it's important to be to be humble about yeah, yeah you know receiving yeah, gratuities right. and yeah i think uh, but also you know it's it's a thing is a lot of the the lodge staff members i mean we can talk about this now we're out of the game yeah um we don't rely on tips anymore but there's still so many people in the lodge field that do that rely and and that is not even a, a lie no people live for their tips that's it people can't live on their salaries no um it's fact and that's also a reason unfortunately that the salaries look like they do because lodges the industry works the way that it's oh it's a tipping tipping, tipping industry, industry so you get a lower salary because you're gonna get gratuities anyway so that's kind of how yeah. the salaries also work it's it's a catch-22 yeah Yeah, so it's it's I think it's just important to to touch on and uh and to for people to remember who are visiting uh South Africa or other countries in Africa for yeah. safaris and so on that that it makes a huge difference in people's lives. Yeah, uh, it gives but them it, a lot of motivation. Yeah, but also for um people in the industry that you know, it's nothing we could take we can take for granted and it's really important yeah. to be to be grateful about it. Um and yeah, it's unfortunately one of those things that creates a lot of animosity at a lodge and can become really, really tricky. So now that we're done with that, um we're gonna chat a little bit now about um the pros and cons of the industry. I think the you know, there are a lot of each. Yeah um it, it's an amazing it's something 
a lot of people romanticize the, yeah. the lodge industry um i think we both did as we when we both entered the industry we both we found it quite and guests do it all the time. Yeah, they think that, you know, the worst the, the worst thing a guest can say to me is, you're so lucky. <sighs> you're so lucky to to wake up to this view. Yeah, but I work a 16-hour day. Yeah. You know, you're so, it's a, yeah, as a guest. And you wake up don't, at don't, half past three to go and make <laughs> coffee for you before getting Yeah, down. exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have my little butler running with the tea tray <laughs> to come knock on your door. I feel like guests often get this idea, and I got it a lot on social media as well. Uh, but especially guests, just because you're at the lodge, they kind of think that your job is being a guest at Yeah, the it's weird, right? For some reason, they think that. Some people do understand, though. Like, some people would always, they would be like, oh my word, but you've been here since like since this morning and you're here now yeah, at dinner. Yeah. Like, how lo- how long are you working for today? And I'm like, yeah, I've been 18 but you know, hours. But do, you know, yeah. do you know, when I picked that up, it's generally guests that have either worked yeah. in the hospitality industry before. Yeah. Um, uh, or a lot of, a lot of uh, business owners as well. Because yeah. like business owners have a have a different way of thinking yeah. where they, they, they kind of, see everything yeah um and, and those are the people that make the comments and i uh, notice i may i notice those things when yeah. we now that we're in a different position and we go to lodges and and so on and when we're traveling i am picking those things up with how how long someone is there how long someone's working and so on and yeah it, it can get quite hectic but anyway um back to <laughs> we wanted to talk about the pros and cons derailing hard con is definitely long hours long hours 100 percent. yeah 100 i'd agree um the you know like for me personally as a guide you know the, you'd sometimes it depended on the lodge but you know this is i think what what kind of i just kind of decide to call it decided to call it quits i mean you you were you were expressing all this energy with your guests that are paying a lot of money for your experience but then you come back from game drive you search your guests for breakfast and then all of a sudden a flipping geezer explodes and you're expected <laughs> to go fix that you've just tracked a leopard for 5k's on foot found the thing guests are loving it you're dead tired now you must go fix a geezer and you know that's that's just that, that that's just not cricket for me and, and I mean that's cricket. yeah no, it's a saying. Oh, it's really? Not cricket. It's not not right. <laughs> oh, I've never heard that. You know, um, and sorry, yeah, that's the that, that that it links into the long hours, and then suddenly it takes two hours to 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 fix the geezer, and then all of a sudden that you're was like, your break oh, on. Oh, there's my break on. I gotta go pack my box for afternoon game drive. Oh, and by the way, I'm hosting tonight. Yeah. Score. <laughs> Honestly, for me, I think like when I started at the lodge industry, like yeah. You guys can go back and listen to my my episode talking about my story and how I ended up here. But I think it was definitely just one of those jobs that I was doing uh, because I kind of had to do something. Like it 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 wasn't my dream goal to work at a lodge, and you know that's what I worked towards, and mm. that's where I ended up. It was one of those things that like, oh, this is job I have to do to be able to stay in South Africa. That was kind of why I started doing yeah. it. But I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of things with the front of house job that I really really loved and i think it's definitely one of the best jobs i've ever had until now i love this job much more but (laughs) anyway uh it is definitely one of the best jobs i've ever had but i think something that i especially at the end was thinking a lot was this would be a amazing 
great job if it was a nine to five in a city. Yeah, you have, you said that. I was, I was like, I would absolutely love this job if it was nine to five, I had weekends off and I was living in like a town or a city where I had my friends yeah. that I could hang out with in the afternoons or whatever. The thing that got to me, as much as I loved living in the bush, the thing that got to me was how isolated I felt, mm-hmm. especially at the end because we were living so far into the bush. Oh, the lodge got busy as well. So yeah. it, was, it was, you didn't have time to do anything. Yeah, you didn't have time it to have work, 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 work. You didn't have time to have any kind of free time or your own life. And and that was the thing, like the actual job, as in like the tasks and being at the lodge and doing the work is great. Like it's a really, it's a lot of fun. You're talking to people, you you like meeting people from all over the world. You're in the bush and you could experience such cool things like, during your job and for same thing for you like going out on game drive and doing yeah. that like amazing it's 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 amazing but you are sacrificing so much of your personal life for that and and that's what got to me at the end that you know it would be a great job as a nine to five in a city but not a like seven to ten every day yeah or five, six to I think ten some other, every day. Other pros and cons. Um, I think like uh, they're definitely a pro. Like living in the bush. Yeah, it's definitely a, amazing. I think waking up as a guide, like I mentioned, is 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 quite a big thing. I think guiding in your position, Carolina, was very different. Um, but yeah, the, that is definitely a pro. Waking up in the bush every day. Um, another pro is definitely the 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 two week leave that you get fourteen <laughs> days. I remember like I remember um, we used to sometimes you would get uh, the be- the best and and there's chatting to chatting to a lot of people that have worked in the lodge industry. I was actually chatting to a close friend of ours um, the other day, and I actually mentioned. Do you remember that feeling of getting your salary while you were on leave? <laughs> so getting paid while you were on leave, especially like if it was in like the 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 second week or something, you'd be chilling at home for your 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 two week leave and a salary of X amount would come through, and that that was always nice. Um, but I think uh, of, if if I can truly into yeah. that as well. Um, as you say, the salary when you're on leave, but also the fact that you barely spent any money for the six weeks yeah. that you were working. Yeah. Okay. At, at one of the lodges, we lived quite close to town. So then, especially I would go into town maybe once a week and then I would be spending a bit of money. But still, you were, other than that, you weren't spending a lot of money because you were just constantly working. So you were saving, like you basically had two salaries yeah. when you went on leave. Exactly. Which was great. And also, as you say, like waking up in the bush, I do remember when like I think it was like one of our last weeks at the lodge or something mm. you said to me you were like wow I'm gonna miss this waking up to the sunrise and like hearing lions roaring like yeah yeah that that was very special yeah I mean you did you because that that would happen quite a lot I mean you'd wake up to lions roaring remember the one time the the lions like were right outside our house like next to our window that was the craziest thing yeah ever. And we just we woke up with the like the, the walls shaking it was insane. Our, our resident uh our resident coalition 
was like literally lying next to our window yeah like our house window and we're not just saying this like this is yeah this is legit like we're not just saying like oh it felt like they were right next to us like they were right we checked we checked the tracks the next day and they were right next to our house no that was insane next to the window but at the same time you know where we were saying and I think this is what I said to you when you were like, I'm going to miss waking up like this. And I'm like, yeah, but you're waking up like this and then you know you have a 14-hour yeah. work day in front of you. The lions call for 15 seconds. Yeah, and then you have a 14-hour like work day in front of you and you know you're not going to get back to this day of bed yeah. until 11, 12 o'clock exactly. tonight. So, yeah, like that's that's this, this other side of it. And I think that is the, the things you give up, as I mentioned as well. Like, for me... I was away from my family for a very long time during COVID. And that wasn't only because of the job. That was obviously COVID. But I think what was difficult for me and what made me realize that I was finished with the lodge industry was when COVID finally ended and I was able to go back to Sweden and see my family, it was only for 10 days. I, I could, because I had to fly there and fly back takes about, you know, it takes about 14 hours. So even though I had a 14 day leave, I could, ba- I basically only had 10 days with my family after not seeing them for a year and a half and then only having 10 days with them. That that was almost worse than not, not seeing them. Yeah. So those are the things as well. Like you give up a lot of, we missed a lot of weddings and birthdays mm. and you know, all of those kind of things because there's like, a yeah. lot of personally important stuff yeah. that tends to get away from you. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it's quite sad, um, that lodge staff get to miss it. And don't get me wrong. If you've got the right management, they try and make it, they try and make those, those personal days count, you know, those, those weddings that you need to go to. I mean, I've worked for, um, some, some pretty special people to me that try their utmost to get, get you to those. Absolutely. But yeah, I can imagine there's also people out there that don't. <laughs> That don't actually just get. But also sometimes it's out of management's hands. Like yeah. they can they can try their best and do their best, but you know, there's some... a wedding in like three days before Christmas or something on the twenty third. There's nothing the management can do because you need it at the lodge, yeah, exactly. and, and and you know those are the kind of unfortunately the the way that industry works and and you work that's the thing you work holidays you work Christmases you that's the thing we had this was your first Christmas off. Last year was your first Christmas off in like seven years. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, it was hectic. And for me, it was the first time I celebrated Christmas with my family in four years. So those are the kind of things you give up, and that's what people don't see. Like especially on social media, I got that a lot. People were like, oh, you're living the dream. You're living in the bush. Like I'm so jealous and so on. And I was like, yes, I'm very thankful for those things, but but you don't see the hardship. You don't see yeah. the things I sacrifice for for doing this, and and. Yeah, it doesn't that doesn't mean we're not grateful for for what we do and for the opportunities you got working at a lodge and it's been incredible and so on. But I think it's important to mention the the hardships as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, should we finish up? What with the scenario. Yeah, with the scenario. Yeah, uh, I have to. I have wrap it up. I have to tell my scenario now. Mm-hmm. We do can. You- do you remember it? I, I can I, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. All right. So, would you rather have a full camp 
No. Uh, <laughs> just no. <laughs> no, it's not a full camp. Uh, of guests that are quite easygoing, chilled, but a full camp, so it's busy. Okay, okay. Uh, or a full camp of owners and family that, like, but, but either or, you don't have a mix of guests with the owners and family, or it's just one big group, like, you have to... But they're both full camps. Both full camps. No, obviously a full camp with easygoing guests. <laughs> what's the... What's the, what's the... I, I don't know. Sometimes owners are actually quite chill. Depends what You owners. just... No, you just said it in a way where it's like these owners are like... Yo, it's owners and... I thought you were going to be like, okay, a full camp with easygoing guests or one, one guest that is really difficult. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the owners... Like sometimes owners can be nice. Yeah, no, definitely. We've had but sometimes amazing they can owners. Be horrible as well. Yeah, but they're both full camps. Yeah. And the thing with owners is that owners, no matter how nice owners are, like we've we've worked with incredible owners to lodges we've worked at. And they've been fantastic and we've like really enjoyed them and got along very well. But the thing is, no matter how flippin' nice owners are, there is always that extra pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not, it's not from the owners. They can try their absolute best to be the most easygoing and nice and whatever. But there's always that extra pressure there's that the owners are there. Something. And there it's, is. it's most of the times from your, from your management. Yeah. Because they feel that pressure of like everything needs to be perfect. Do you remember the last the property we worked at? How panicky everyone used to get when the owners used to be coming. Yeah. Wow. That's what I mean. Wow. That's what I mean. And it, it was just like, I used to sit back in those situations and look at it and go like, do you know how much energy you are expressing now or wasting? Let's use wasting. Yeah. How much energy you're wasting on just stressing out for absolutely nothing yeah that was the thing like it was just it, it was always just this crazy pressure and this crazy stress and I, I understand it because like you want everything to be perfect for these owners and so on but it was too much it was it was too much stress that yeah. it just became unnecessary and I think I think it actually sometimes created like things going wrong yeah, yeah. Just 100%. because of the stress. Yeah. And like stressing yourself up too much. People used to overthink. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah. Like and it was it was so stupid. Yeah. Just like this thought process is a bad half thing. So I remember like it would, it would be like something along the lines of, okay, we need to do this and 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 this to avoid that. Yeah. Like why? When that when when that wasn't even a big deal from the start. Exactly. No. Exactly. But anyway. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. Like no. Hundred percent. Rather full camp of of easygoing guests, because the pressure is always on yeah, with okay, with fair, owners. Yeah. Hundred percent. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed the episode on Lodge Life. Yeah, uh, I had fun chatting yeah. about about the launch again. Now that we've been out of it for a while. Next episode, we're going to be coming for you from a surprise location. Ooh, with a with our first guest. With our first guest, yes. That is so yes. exciting. That is exciting. I think it's going to be an awesome exciting. episode. I think it's going to be very very. Cool. Should we drop what it is? Why? Uh, no, and leave the suspense. Nothing. Leave Cliff, the suspense. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Next episode will be from a very cool place. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Okay, cheers. cheers. <laughs>